Hello and welcome to Truer Love Stories, a podcast dedicated to real people wanting to create real love. I'm your host, Taryn Newton-Gill. In each episode, we'll explore the stories of people who are at a crossroads in their love life. I'll help our guests navigate their personal love story by providing them with holistic ways of writing a new, more empowered narrative around love, one that's truly aligned with who they are and what they want. Hello, and welcome back to Truer Love Stories. It's February 2023, and Of course, February is considered the month of love, with Valentine's Day being right smack dab in the middle of it. And Valentine's Day was just always such a bittersweet holiday for me when I was single. And I know it is for a lot of people out there because it's kind of like rubbing salt in an open wound. Right. That wound being, of course, the very real grief and sadness some of us can feel around not having someone and even more so around wondering why we don't have someone. And that, I would argue, is the real wound because it can bring up some really dark thoughts and feelings and pain around wondering how all these other people are able to attract someone and make a relationship last when you're not able to and when you don't have that. Specifically, it can bring up thoughts like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so hard to love? Why doesn't anyone want me? And so maybe you're listening and you're resonating to this. And so if so, this episode's for you, my friend. And it's why I very intentionally make February at Truer Love the month of self-love. Because not only do I think it would do the whole world some good to have a full month dedicated to self-love. I mean, how amazing would that be? But also, self-love is and will forever be the key to romantic love. It's the first step, right? And I know a lot of you out there listening know this already, right? I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are self-growth-oriented individuals, and so you're aware of why that's the case, why we must love ourselves before we can truly be loved or love someone else fully and in a healthy way, right? But what I know, too, is that Really knowing how to put that self-love into practice every day can be challenging. And it's a journey for sure, especially when you grew up with a deep wound that makes you feel like you're hard to love or that it's hard for you to be intimate with someone because they'll see the real you, right? And so, of course, that's what I work on with my clients and the work that we do on this podcast But I really wanted to dig into this idea of self-love this month through the context of healing, because self-love is a really big concept, right? And yes, it can include things like baths and candles and treating ourselves, you know, to things that are special. And that is a part of it. But 
what I'm talking about is the true self-love, the way that we learn to have a relationship with ourselves. And so I really want to ground the idea of self-love today in the concept of healing. Because healing is a radical act of self-love. Giving yourself the time and the space to heal is an act of self-love. Doing the reflective work to understand yourself and where you come from and what makes you, you, flaws and all, right? That is an act of self-love. And I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast are interested in healing. And it's a word I use a lot. So I really want to break down today when I'm talking about healing, what that means and really examining how we use it in reference to our own self-love and in the context of healing ourselves as a pathway to romantic love, right? Because it is important, right? It is important to look at ourselves, take accountability for ourselves and start learning to give ourselves the things we need that we maybe never got from our parents or our caregivers and being able to give that to ourselves, so that we can have a more balanced relationship, right? And that is a really important piece of the process and of the process in my program, the Secure Love Incubator. We focus on healing first. It's necessary. However, I have observed in my own coaching and And kind of just talking to people who are in this space that there's some confusion around what healing really looks like on a practical level. For instance, around how long it should actually take, and I say should in quotes, and what it actually means for your everyday life and relationships going forward when you have healed. Like, What does that actually look like on a practical level, right? So we're grounding this idea of healing on a practical level with tangible examples today, right? So to understand what true healing really looks like, I want you to understand that there's two types of healing. First, two types of healing. And this first healing is from a past relationship. So this type of healing is very specific because you're actively getting over someone that you were attached to, what we call in attachment literature as an attachment figure, right? Anyone who we are attached to is an attachment figure. So your parents are attachment figures, your siblings, even your friends are attachment figures, and especially a romantic interest is an attachment figure when you've gotten attached to them, right? And when we say that we are attached to someone, right, and we're getting over a breakup with someone who we were attached to, our attachment system, meaning the hormones in our body that are related to attachment, such as oxytocin, vasopressin is another one, these are released and they're activated in a way. These hormones are released at higher levels, right? Especially during a breakup because we are missing on a very physical level that person. 
and in our bodies, breaking up with someone feels like a death. There's no distinction in your body between when someone dies and when you break up with someone because the attachment has been severed and your attachment system is reacting to that. So you will feel sad. You will feel depressed. You will feel grief. Your heart may physically ache and feel heavy and you may not want to eat or sleep or see people or do anything at first. And for this type of healing, you will need to create a little self-love bubble where you process that breakup, where processing that breakup is your primary work. And you can liken this little healing bubble to when you're sick. I know we're all very familiar with the concept of quarantine these days, right? So imagine if you had COVID or even if you had the flu, right? When you're sick physically, getting better becomes the primary focus, right? Otherwise, if you're out and about and doing stuff and working hard, even though you're sick, well, of course you could infect other people, but putting that aside, you'll also likely stay sick for longer, right? Because you're not giving your immune system the chance to fight off the disease. That's why you need to sleep and rest and drink lots of fluids and stay inside and maybe get a little sun, but mostly just be calm and rest and just binge watch your favorite shows and just stay in that bubble until the worst of it has passed and you've restored your strength enough to re-enter the world again. Right? And it's the same thing when you're mourning a death or a breakup. And the thing is that our society recognizes physical sickness a lot more easily than we recognize emotional sickness. And by recognize, I mean honor, respect, give space to, right? We give more permission to being sick physically than we do to being sick emotionally, right? And taking that to the next level, we give more permission for grieving a death than we do for grieving a breakup or a divorce because we're much better about things we can see and touch and understand with our eyes, things that are tangible. You can tell when someone is sick, right? And when someone dies, they're physically not there anymore. So we have this reverence for that time of mourning. But inside, when we are breaking up with someone, we are mourning just as much. Because it's likely we will never see that person again. And it's likely that our relationship will never be the same again. Right? Even if there's a chance, and that's obviously what makes it different from a death, is that there's a chance that you could get back together, maybe in some situations. And there's a chance you might see that person again if it feels like it's really the end at that point. Then it feels like it's the end in your body and you are responding on an emotional and physical level as though they were gone, right? But emotional sickness is real and it can affect every aspect of our lives, including 
our physical health. And so we have to give our emotional healing the same kind of attention that we do our physical healing. This means that if you can, you use some sick days from work or some vacation days if possible. And I know that's not always possible. That's not always feasible for everyone. We all have different situations. But if it is feasible for you, I encourage you to do it if you need it. And if it's not, what else could you do to create the healing bubble for yourself? Maybe it means canceling some plans and just saying, I need time. Or maybe it means not making new plans. Maybe it means only making plans with a very select few people who you know you can openly process with and who you feel safe talking about what happened without judgment, right? You know they're not going to judge you. And know that whatever it is that you need to heal, it's okay. Whatever you, it is you need to give yourself, whatever space, whatever that bubble looks like for you, it's okay. Give yourself the permission to heal in the same way that you would if you were physically sick. This is a very real act of self-love. Now, how long should you be in this healing bubble? It depends on how long you are in the relationship for and on you as a human being and how you process things. But I would say that at least a month and up to three months max. And that doesn't mean that the first week looks like the fourth week in that month, right? You might not actually be getting out of bed in that first week if you can, again, afford to do that, right? I'm not suggesting you don't work for a month necessarily, but I am suggesting that you are delicate with yourself in that month, that you give yourself the space and the time and the compassion to feel your feelings and to cry if you need to and to journal and to just do things for yourself that are going to feel compassionate towards yourself. That's what it means to give yourself love and to heal on a practical, grounded level. And I think that after a breakup with someone, that means at least a month. And look, I know a lot of the time when we've been dating someone, and let's say you were dating for some, someone for two months and you know it was never official, you never gave each other titles or anything like that. I think that that's another layer of feeling like, oh, I can't mourn this. I can't grieve this. It wasn't even anything serious. We weren't officially together. But if you have formed an attachment to that person, it needs to be honored and it needs to be processed and grieved, whatever that means to you. And so it's giving yourself the permission to have that space and do that and know that this is the work. This is what I need to focus on right now. This is my priority right now so that I can get better and go back out into the world. Because if I don't and I pretend like nothing's wrong, I'm going to stay stuck in this longer than I need to. So if you, you know, have a secure attachment style, I'd say one month-ish, you're probably okay. One month to three the most. If you are more anxiously attached, if you're full avoidantly attached, it might take a little longer because the attachment generally goes deeper and it affects us on that deeper level, right? It's not just about the person we're grieving at that point. It also ends up connecting to the deeper wound, to that core attachment wound. It really triggers that wound as well. 
there's a little bit more there. But on average, I would say, you know, there's a rule kind of in the dating world, take or leave it. But I think it's a good kind of just a way to think about time that you grieve a relationship for half the amount of time that you were in that relationship, right? So if you were with someone for a year, likely it'll take you about six months to get over that person. Now, again, this is just an average. It's just a benchmark to give you some kind of context. But that doesn't mean you're in the bubble the whole time. You're not in the healing bubble that whole time. You're in the healing bubble the first month, maybe month to two months. But you have to come out of that healing bubble and reintegrate with the world at some point, right? But you can expect to be more ready to date someone new in about six months. Again, changes for different people, but this is kind of an average. Because here's the thing. When it's a specific relationship, it takes some initial time to heal. But you will likely have lingering feelings about someone who broke your heart until you're in another happy relationship. And that doesn't mean that something's wrong with you or you can't get over people, but especially, again, if you are anxiously attached or fearful avoidantly attached, it's likely that you will continue to think about that person, even if you know they're not right for you. And even if you are at peace with the breakup, they will probably still be on your mind for a while and you'll probably compare new people you're dating to them for a while until you're in another happy relationship. And if, again, you compare it to a death, You give yourself the time to grieve, but you don't stop living, right? You eventually go back to work and you get back to life as usual. And that doesn't mean that you're completely done grieving or that you don't miss them anymore or that you don't love them anymore. It means that you're just learning to live life without that person around. And it doesn't mean, again, that you have to stop thinking about them. It just means that you have to adjust your life to being without them and to reframe your relationship to them. And one day at a time, and one day when you least expect it, it won't feel so painful anymore. And so that is when we're looking at healing from a breakup, right? With a specific person, it's a specific, acute kind of healing. I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode, you have a deep desire for a solid, secure, loving, healthy relationship and are just not sure how to make that happen. You've tried everything from matchmaking to dating apps to therapy and still can't figure out how to attract a partner you connect with who is in it for the long run. You're successful in your career and are able to manifest virtually anything you want except for love. And you are so ready to meet someone on your level who is open and willing to bring as much to the table as you do. Let me assure you right now that what you're asking for isn't too much. And it's not because you aren't meant for love. It's simply because you've had some experiences in the past that have limited your ability to believe that love is possible for you. Which is why I'm inviting you to be a part of my free, exclusive Facebook group, Manifesting Secure Love where I teach successful single women just like you how to use your attachment style to attract that committed, loving partner you've been dreaming of and prove to yourself once and for all that love is possible for you. Join me each Monday for my Facebook Live, Manifesting Mondays, where I'll provide you with practical tools and advice for turning your dream into a reality. 
If you're sick of feeling confused, disheartened, and hopeless about love, and you know with every fiber of your being that a loving partner is really what you want, then pause this episode right now and hop on over to Facebook and request to join. There's no time like the present to start manifesting secure love. I can't wait to see you there. But here's where I want to make the distinction between the two types of healing, because that's the first type of healing. But I'm always hearing the sentence, I need to heal before I'm ready to date again. And yes, when you've been through an intense breakup, like the one I've been describing, where it feels like a death, when you need that healing bubble, you do need to take some time to heal before you're ready to date again. And what I really mean by heal in this context is grieve and process. You're processing that breakup and you're acknowledging all the feelings moving through you so that you can have closure and move on, right? But then there's another kind of healing, which is the self-work type healing. And this healing isn't just about getting over a specific person, although it can include that, but it's about healing a much deeper wound, one that has likely been with you your entire life, And that will continue to create disease in any relationship you move forward with if it doesn't get healed. And in the same way that people tell me that they need to heal after a breakup before they can date, people also tell me that they realize that they have a lot of healing to do for themselves on this deeper core wound level and that they can't date until they're fully healed. To which I always say, And when will that be? When will you know that you're fully healed? And they usually say, I don't know, I'm not sure. You know, I guess I just have to see how it goes. Which again, I understand because we can't necessarily put a time frame on deep work like this. However, what happens is they'll take, you know, maybe a year, maybe two off from dating to really focus on themselves and they'll start seeing a therapist and maybe do some energy work or some EMDR and likely a lot of this work that they're doing is necessary. And there are probably a lot of things they haven't addressed and this too is an act of radical self-love to be able to address those things. And it's, it's the work I do with people as well. It's super important. Because what you're doing when you take time like this for yourself is healing the relationship with yourself. And that is super important work and all of us could benefit from it. But what often happens is that after this year or two years is that the person will say, okay, I've done the self-work, I'm feeling healed, I'm feeling great, and I'm ready to start dating again. And so they sign up for a dating app and they start talking to some people, you know, kind of putting the feelers out, dipping their toe back in the pond, and almost immediately, all those good, confident feelings they've been feeling for the past year or two suddenly disappear, and they start feeling anxious and insecure again, and they can't understand why. And they say, after all the work I've done on myself, I'd expect to be further along than this. I don't understand why I'm not feeling any different. So why does this happen? Because 
only so much healing can be done in an isolated container. When you spend all your time healing on your own, you're not learning what it's like to integrate that healing into a relationship. And you can't just jump from being totally alone to being with someone in an intimate way and feel the exact same way. Because relationships bring things up in us. They bring up the attachment wound. And if you're not addressing the attachment wound and you're just addressing your own feelings in relation to yourself, then you're not healing that attachment wound, right? And the only way to heal an attachment wound truly, like completely, is in relationship. And yes, we want to heal ourselves first and we want to heal the relationship with ourselves. And rather than looking to other people to feel validated, we want to learn how to first look to ourselves. And that's all true. But that's only the first stage of healing. And that's the thing is that when people want to heal, they're not realizing that the healing by yourself is the first stage. If you want to heal and then be in relationship, then it's a matter of getting to the second stage. The second stage is learning how to take that healing and apply it within the context of a relationship. And this second stage, healing within a relationship with someone who can hold space for your healing, helps heal even deeper wounds, especially when those wounds are rooted in attachment. Because this type of healing helps to break the cycle of unhealthy relationship patterns you've had in the past and creates a new relationship pattern and thus a new relationship paradigm that you need to feel safe within that relationship. And by extension, within other relationships, because once you have a healthier relationship pattern in a, in a significant relationship, you're able to repeat it more easily in other relationships. But we can't heal these wounds all on our own. And that's the beautiful thing about relationships, I think, is that they offer their own kind of healing. And we don't have to be fully healed and we don't have to be perfect before we enter them. Because with the right relationship, it's going to be an extension and a deepening of that healing that you have done on your own already. But what happens is that people think they have to heal and they have to get to this place where they feel great and perfect and they end up getting stuck in the self-healing stage because they don't know how to graduate to that next stage of healing within a relationship. I hope this is making sense. So while the self-healing stage on your own is an act of self-love, if you're stuck in that stage for too long, or if you use it as a way to avoid the next stage of healing in relationship, then it stops being an act of self-love because you are denying yourself something that you really want and need, which is a healthy relationship that deepens your healing. And when I say that you need it, that's not to say that you can't survive without a romantic relationship. Of course not. Of course not. 
You are a self-sufficient whole human being unto yourself. But if you want a relationship and you're avoiding pursuing it because you think you have more healing to do and you are stuck in that healing stage, then you're basically reaffirming the deep wound you already have of not being good enough, right? It kind of reinforces that core wound of not feeling good enough because you keep telling yourself, I'm not fully healed. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not good enough yet to be in that relationship. And it's likely coming from a place of self-preservation and self-protection. And that makes sense. But you are good enough. And you don't have to be perfect or fully healed for someone to love you or for that relationship to be nourishing and healing for you, right? And so in this way, allowing yourself to be in a relationship is saying yes to yourself. It's saying, yes, I am deserving of a beautiful, loving, fulfilling relationship, even though I still have healing to do. That is also an act of radical self-love. And this is why in my coaching program, the Secure Love Incubator, these are the stages of the program. We start with the healing, and then we move into attracting a secure partner. Because when we are not healed, we have a higher chance of attracting an insecure partner who's going to reinforce the toxic patterns that we're trying to get out of and trying to unlearn. And so we start with the healing piece, the self-healing, the validating yourself piece, the looking at the limiting beliefs and the story that you're telling yourself, all of that, getting clear on your attachment style and what you really need to feel safe within yourself. And then you move on to the attracting someone secure piece so that you can know you're attracting someone who can be that stage two for you, who can be a source of deeper healing for you because they're helping you to heal that attachment wound, right? The goal is to be more aware of your attachment style and the kind of person who can meet your needs and thus help you heal on a deeper level. And as you're attracting these people in, you're determining if they could be that person. And then the third stage is sustaining it, sustaining that pattern so that it can last and so that you can be healed once and for all. And that doesn't mean that you never have another insecurity in your life or in romance, but it means that you have built the foundation of a healthy relationship with someone who you can continue to heal with for the rest of your life. So this program It's not just for people who are just looking for their life partner, as you can tell, right? It's for people who want to break their cycle of dating unavailable people, to break their cycle of having unhealthy relationships or relationships that don't go anywhere, that don't get any deeper, where the person doesn't want to commit, maybe where where they aren't reciprocating, right? It's for people who want to break the pattern and and heal the wound that's making these patterns exist to begin with, that's attracting these more insecure type people to you and are reinforcing the wounds you already have. So 
if this feels like you and you say, yes, I want to heal this relationship with myself and learn how to heal within a relationship as well so that I can sustain it and move forward and have that life partner with a healthy, loving, you know, relationship that you are dreaming of, then what I would suggest is that you sign up for my free five-day challenge. It's called Manifest Love on the Apps. It's happening next month, and I'm going to be teaching a key piece of my program in that free five-day challenge. And it's that second piece where you'll be learning how to attract people from a more aligned healing perspective, what to look for in teaching you how to approach dating from a more healed mindset, from a more secure mindset, and then also how to identify the people who can go there with you and who could really help you into that next stage of healing. So again, it's called Manifest Love on the apps. You can go to my registration page, which is a mouthful, so get ready for it. It's manifestloveontheapps.truerlove.com slash register, and you can sign up there and be a part of my free five-day challenge. It's going to be awesome. I have prizes that I'm giving away for people who are involved, and you're going to walk away from this challenge knowing who is emotionally available on the apps because let's be honest, the apps can be like the Wild West, and it's not helpful to use them unless you have a strategy behind them and unless you are wanting to do the work and unless you're able to find someone who is also emotionally available. And so it's learning how to show up on the apps in an emotionally available, secure way yourself and knowing who to look for to make sure they are also emotionally available so you can waste less time just talking to whoever, right? It's a way to be more intentional. And of course, it's based on attachment theory. So it's incorporating all of these healing practices and incorporating your attachment style into the way that you look for people on the apps. So We can't make the apps perfect, but we can apply the information that we have and use it to our advantage. So again, to sign up, you'll go to manifestloveontheapps.truerlove.com slash register and make sure to join my Facebook group so that you can get all the resources and be entered to win the prizes throughout the week. And you'll do that by each night. We're going to have some what I call heart work. It's my version of homework. And you're going to learn a lot. It's a big piece of my program and I'm sharing it with you for free. And I think it's really going to help you if this is what you're looking for. And if this is what you want, if you want to learn how to heal in relationship, this is how you start. And so go ahead and do that. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. So in the meantime, in this month of love, I invite you to ask yourself honestly, what stage of healing are you at? And thus, what stage of self-love are you at? If healing, as we've talked about today, is a form of radical self-love, what stage of self-love are you at? Are you genuinely in need of your time to yourself right now? Are you healing a specific person right now? Or are you looking to just start healing your attachment style right now? Or are you using healing as a way to avoid getting hurt again? Is it necessary that you do some alone healing or have you perhaps done a lot of healing alone and are ready for stage two, healing in a relationship? 
So I invite you to ask yourself those questions, and I look forward to seeing you in March, March 13th through 17th for Manifest Love on the apps, where we're going to make this a reality, where we're going to call in some love for you and help you heal even more. All right, everyone, on that note, have a great month, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Truer Love Stories podcast, produced by me, Taryn Newton-Gill, with the help of Guanisha Motley at One Elegant Exec, and edited by the amazing Max at Laguna Studios. If you'd like to anonymously share your personal love story and have me coach you on air, please email me at hello at truerlove.com. And if you enjoyed listening to today's episode, your support would mean so much. Please make sure to subscribe to the show to get updates on new episodes. And if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple extra minutes to review us on Apple Podcasts, your review goes a long way in getting more ears on our content. I can't wait to have you join me again. So in the meantime, stay true to yourself and talk to you soon.